Getting ready to get started here. It's 9 a.m. in the morning, October the 7th. Hello, Kathy. Hallelujah. Hey, Robert. I don't know any of you guys. I do know Kathy. Kathy's my cousin. I think she lives around Houston, Texas. Oh, man. <clears throat> well, uh, it's 9.01 here. Let's get started. Um, I want to open this up in some prayer. Today is October the 7th, 2018. 9.01 in the morning. Hallelujah. Bless. Good morning. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for this time. I thank you, Lord, once again for this opportunity to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. Father, I thank you for your presence that's with me right now, Lord God. I thank you for your strength in my spirit, O God, for the anointing that abides within us, Father, it does not lie. And we need not that any man teach us, save that anointing. It'll teach us. It'll teach us and show us who we are in Christ. It'll give us understanding. Amen. How to move and how to live and breathe in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to be before your people, Lord. I thank you for all the brothers and sisters that are partake of your word, Father, today. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words, the rhemas that you speak unto us, they are spirit and they are life. Lord, quicken us according to thy word, for thy word is truth, Father. Make it alive in our spirits, Father, so we're able to see by the spirit, Father. Hallelujah. For we know, Father, that the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That we might see this word, that we might see your word by the Spirit, Father, this hour. I thank you, Lord, for this precious day. Thank you for all the great rains that you brought us, even as it is written in your word, Father. Psalms chapter 68. send a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance when it was weary. I thank you, Lord God, for your visitation that preserves our spirit, O God. Bless you, Lord, for your people, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this time. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your angels, Father. It is written that the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers him. I thank you for your word, Father, how that the angels hearken to the voice of God. They excel in strength, and they do your commandments, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, so shall the word of the Lord be that goes forth out of our mouths, out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which we please, and it will prosper in the thing whereto we send it. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, for all the hearts, Lord. I pray that the hearts will be receptive, and the hearts will be ready to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, Miss Sister Ellen. Hallelujah. Jimmy Dale, Arbner, hallelujah. Hey, Martin Hernandez, there's another cousin of mine. Big Martin lives around Snyder, I'm not sure, Snyder, Texas. <clears throat> All right, well, there's a couple things I want to touch on this morning. First of all, we're talking about the doctrine of baptisms. And these are found in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 5, starting with verse 12. I like to start back in Hebrews 5.12 on this because obviously they didn't write in chapter and verse when this was written. And actually, I mean, really it goes before even that, but, well, I'll read it. Verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. That word dull means sluggish, slow, indolent, dull, dull, and languid. You're lazy or you're stupid, in other words. In other words, you can't hear by the Spirit. And because you're, you're sluggish, you're insolent. And we don't want to be that way, obviously. And, uh, hey, Mount Vernon. Hey, Robert. Yes, sir. 
So, um, and then he says in verse 12, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you should be at a place where you're a strong tree. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is like a mustard seed, which when it's planted, it grows up to be the biggest of all the herbs, and all the birds and the, and the fowl come and lodge under it. That's what you should be. But he says, You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles. First, order of first things, what should be coming first in your lives of the principles, first, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. <coughs> Excuse me. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Strong meat. In other words, as you've grown up and as you've matured in the Lord, as it says here, you, you're able to discern good and evil. You're able to discern, uh, you know, the motive of people, what they're, where they're coming from in their hearts. You see, that's important because as Jesus said in John, as it says of Jesus in John chapter 2, last three verses there, Now when he was in Jerusalem, this is John chapter 2, verse 23, starting with verse 23. Now when he was at Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast of day, in the feast day, I'm sorry, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. All right, so many believed when they saw the miracles. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all. Men is italicized in the King James Version here, and men, when you see it italicized, is, uh, it means it wasn't a part of the original text. So Jesus, it says in John 2, 24 here, But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all. And needed not that any man should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So the point I'm making here, it says that strong meat belongs, back to Hebrews 5, 14, Strong meat belongs to them who are of full age. So, he knew that these guys were in their full age. He knew that the ones that wanted to commit to him, he couldn't trust them. Donald Squire King is watching, hallelujah. Joe Roberts, amen. And, and so, therefore, because he knew this, he couldn't commit to them. In other words, you haven't been trained by me. Hello, Janice, neighbors, Pettyway. I haven't trained you, the Lord is saying to these guys. I know what the motive of your heart is. The number one strength of the soul is self-preservation. Man is a triumph being, spirit, soul, and body. And today, here in a few minutes, we're going to talk a little bit more about the spirit man and why he's so valuable and precious. But the point is, is that Jesus knew that he hadn't trained these guys yet. He knew that the only reason they wanted to be around him was for the fish and the miracles and the loaves. And he knew that they themselves didn't have a relationship with, with the Father. So therefore, you know, they needed a lot of training, a lot of teaching. And it's so today, you see, that, that we must understand what's going on around us everywhere we go as men that are men and women that are walking after the Spirit. In other words, spiritual. So he says in verse 14, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hey, Mr. Burkett, hallelujah. So your senses discern, uh, having their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And the word census there is the word faculty of mind for perceiving, understanding, and judging. The organ of perception. In other words, again, you know, the scripture talks about try the spirits and know them which labor among you. So we can't take it for granted that everybody that's preaching the kingdom of God or is, is laboring for the Lord. Many of, many of us, many of us are laboring for ourselves. In other words, because as I said earlier, the number one strength of the soul is self-preservation. So in other words, when the soul gets confronted with the Word of God, the first thing he does is cover himself. But we have to be wiser than that. Than that. Jesus said that we should be wise as serpent and gentle as doves. In other words, when the Holy Ghost is convicting us of our sin in our lives, we must take heed to that. We must repent and bring our soul man back under our spirit man. In other words, bring him under submission. And what's going to get us at that place where we're constantly doing that is our strength of spirit. 
And 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 so now back to ch chapter six, verse one of Hebrews. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again, number one, the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, number two, of the doctrine of baptisms, number three, that's what we're going to be talking about today, of the laying out of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Six foundational principles right there, six. And it says, and this will we do if God permit you know, the scripture talks about they rejected the, the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. They rejected him, the chief cornerstone. In other words, the very foundation that you should be building on was rejected by the religious rulers of his times. And guess what? The same religious rulers, in other words, that same spirit is still in the earth today, and people are rejecting Jesus Christ. They don't want the way of God. They'd rather have their denominations. They'd rather have uh, their creeds, their doctrines. That, that some of them, you know, may have truth and some of them don't, you know. And, you know, for example, since we're talking about baptisms, you know, there's an organization that sprinkles the babies when they're born. That's out of order. There's nowhere in the scripture that talks about sprinkle the babies. And see, this the thing about it is the word of God must be the standard. If we don't know what to measure against, then we're going to be able, we're going to take whatever people tell us, whatever humanity tells us, in their religious forms, uh, you know, hey, this is the way this is the way we should be doing it, and therefore we just walk blindly after these things. And it's not so, you see. We 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 should be measuring by the Word of God, not from our own ideologies, not from what man says says is God. Out of in other words, if it's not based on the Word of God, it shouldn't be in our lives. And that's what we need to understand. Not only that, we need to know the source that it's coming from. And there's only two sources. A man's confession is a result of his thinking, his belief. A man's belief is a result of his thinking, and a man's thinking is a result of his knowledge, and a man's knowledge is a result of his source. And there's only two sources, God or the devil, you see. So where are you getting your information from is very key and vital to your walk in the Spirit. Because if Jesus said, and this is what we're going to be getting into in here in a minute, or John 6.63, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words, that word words is the word rhema, that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Rhema means the spoken word. Hallelujah. Hello, Stacy Miller. Rhema is the spoken word, okay? And, um, and that word, where is it spoken at? You see, is it a microphone? Somebody saying, hey, it is my spirit that quickeneth. No, it's your spirit. This is where God lives, in your spirit. The Dabar, which is God, the Holy One, speaking into your spirit, the Debir, which is the Holy of Holies. See, the, the body, make me, a, make me a tabernacle according to the pattern that I showed these, what God told Moses. The pattern. In other words, the, the way that this thing should be done, in order, okay? And, and God had a place, the Holy of Holies, then there was the holy place, and then there was the outer, I mean, the... Uh, the, the, the holy place, the holy of holies, the inner court, okay? And in the inner court, there were certain uh, sacraments there. There was the brazen altar, there was the, uh, the the laver, okay? There was sacrifice, they would wash, sacrifice, take those incense back to the altar of incense, which is in the holy place. You had your showbread, you had your menorah, the menorah, seven candlesticks, the showbread was the bread for the priest. And what was significant about it is that all these, these particular items were right in front of the tabernacle, which is where the presence of God was at. Okay? And in that presence of God, only one time could that priest enter in, the high priest. And even that, they figured out if this guy has sin in his life and he dies and he's in there, how are we going to get him out? So they decided to tie little bells around his ankles so they could hear him walking around. So the point is, is that... Uh, your spirit, man, is the place where God lives. And that's the place where we want to rule from. And that's called the kingdom of God, the place where he rules from. You see? All right. And that's where he's going to speak to you in your spirit. And that's how you get breath in your spirit. And that's what drives you. And there's a way that God has of confirming that to us by the mouth of two or three, let every word be established. Okay? So God is going to speak that word a few times to give us that direction. So it is a spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, which is the Greek word pneuma, and they are life. Okay? 
Hey, Millie Science, hallelujah. I grew up with Millie in Dillion, Texas. Graduated high school together. All right. So, again, uh, your spirit, man, that's the value and that's where the premium is. And I want to take us to Jeremiah chapter 17. The spirit of God right now is uh, emphasizing our spirits, your human spirit. This is the faculty that God has in the earth to bring his voice into the earth through us collectively as the body of Christ. Okay, your spirit. Jeremiah 17, 9. And we need to understand this about ourselves. So, so again, man is a, is a triumph being, spirit, soul, and body. And before a man is born again, that man was alive already. He didn't have the life of God. He only has a, his own life or her life. Okay, so that individual, you know, we, we, we learn good things. You know, we learn, you know, be nice to one another, be kind to one another, you know, obey the rules, follow, follow the, you know, the authorities of the land and so on. You know, be respectful of authority. And all those are good, and that's what we should be teaching our children. But the issue is, is that, see, the, the same tree of life, which was, I mean, the same tree out of the two trees. God's, okay, there was two trees in the garden, the tree of life, Greg Ballard. Hey, Greg. And, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, of the tree of life, you can eat of that tree any time. Tree of life is symbolic of Jesus Christ. It's symbolic of the word, his presence, etc., and then the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, in the day that you eat of this tree, you're going to die. In other words, not die physically, because that's not what happened to them, but they died because they no longer had the breath of God. They couldn't, they couldn't perceive God in their spirits anymore. Okay, But the, the, the point I'm making here is that it was the good. I mean, you see, the, what I'm saying is, is, okay, we teach our children and stuff when we're trying to be good all the time. Eugene Estrada. Hello, Eugene. And, uh, and it's not so much, see the good, is, it's the same tree. It's got to come from the right source, in other words. It's got to come from the Spirit. You've got to be led of the Spirit. In other words, the motive should not be you. The number one strength of the soul is self-preservation, right? Hello, Kim uh, Gukinor. Huh. Hallelujah. So what I'm saying is, is that, see, even though it's good, it can still be not God. And it can still produce death. And that's where we get into dead works and whatnot, and we're going to be discussing that here in a little bit. But I'm saying, I'm reading, I've said all that to preface what I'm about to read here in Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So we need to understand that our heart, your center, your core, is made up of your spirit and your soul. But before you're born again, you don't have any breath in your spirit. It's, you're just all soul. So you're a triune being that only has, it's living by your soul and body, that's it. But when you get born again, that breath of God comes into you, into your spirit, and fills that spirit man up, glory to God. Now you have the ability to see by the spirit and understand by the spirit. In other words, as you grow in the Lord, as you exercise your spirit man, you become stronger and stronger in your, in your exercising of your spirit. In the things of God, the word is quickened to you. It's made alive to you. You're able to see things by the Spirit. So uh, so the part of the heart that he's talking that's deceitful and above all, above all things and desperately wicked is the part of your soul. If your soul has not been saved, I'm not talking about your spirit getting born again. I'm talking about your soul getting saved. And the only thing that can save the Word is the engrafted Word, which is able to save your soul, as it says in James. And let me show you where that scripture is. That's in James 1.21. It says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So the word, the engrafted word, in other words, that seed has to get in your heart. The word engrafted reveals a lot about what he's saying here. It's the word, it means, it's the word infutos, infutos. M is to puff up to blow up to germinate futos I'm sorry M is to fix in a, in a place leave it alone right there and then futos is to puff up puff up to blow up to germinate 
that word has to do that in our hearts. It's got to puff up the blow up in Germany. And, it, and the word of God is what is the incorruptible seed that's got to replace the corruptible, which is all we've known up to the point that we're born again. It doesn't matter how good it was. You understand? All right. So, okay, so Jeremiah 17, 9, as we keep reading here, I, the Lord, so in other words, I'm the only one that can know it. <laughs> James Hester, how you doing, Brother James? I'm the only one that can know your heart, right? The heart is deceitful above all. All right, 17, 9. And it says, I, the Lord, so we can only know our souls by the word. Amen? Okay? 4.12, for the word of God, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word, okay, the word, the word. So that's what I'm saying here. The I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, to give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. Now, the verse 11, as the partridge sitteth on eggs and hatcheth them not, so he that getteth riches and not by right shall lead them in the midst of his days, and at, the, at his end shall be a fool. This is the scripture I'm getting to, verse 12. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. What beginning? Well, when you got conceived from your father and mother, your natural birth, God made that embryo come alive. Amen? And in that moment, as it says in Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you in your mother's womb. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. You see, at that moment, God came together with your with, with the creation that he just made, which was you and me. And at that moment, everything about your life was spoken into your life, about what you were going to be and become in your life. Everything about you, your hair, your color of your eyes, your, 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 your skin tone, everything. You understand? Hey, Melissa Almaguer. Hallelujah. So, a glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. In other words, that place in the very beginning that you come to understand when you get born again. In other words, all of a sudden that breath and life comes into your spirit, man. All of a sudden you start seeing by the Spirit, understanding by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, living by the Spirit. As you give yourself to the Word, as you... Give yourself to God, to His ways, and understand the Father and what He's trying to do and accomplish in the earth and in your life. So, God is, is right now placing emphasis in our spirit, man. This is where the value and the premium is. This is where we live by. We've got to live by our spirits. If you're living by the faculty of your, of your soul, which is what's going on around you in this earth and in this age and in this time, then you're going to be missing it. You're going to be missing what God is trying to do in the earth. If that's your focus, I mean, if, if your focus is the world and where the world is headed and, and your focus is being on a rich person in the earth and, you know, wealthy and, and, and that's, your, that's your motive, then, then that's what you're going to get, understand? But where is the peace of God at? You know, is the peace of God on your life? And that's what I care about more. And I want to know from my Father, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So back to, to uh, Hebrews chapter, um, I'm sorry, uh, John 6, 6. And 663, I'm sorry. It is a spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words, the rhemas that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. These words are what's being spoken in your spirit. Okay? And, and, and God is trying to move you by those words. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God does man live. Where is he speaking that word? He's speaking it in your spirit, man. Glory to God. And out of that spirit, man, it begins to quicken you in your soul. And you start seeing by the Lord what he's trying to do and what he's trying to accomplish in your life. And one of the things I want to point out about this, you know, Jesus made that statement, right? And, and it's, an, it's a well, you know, it, it's, 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 it's very uh, instrumental, obviously, in our lives and walking after the Lord. And, but you, if you go back and read John chapter 6 and everything that Jesus was talking about, you know, he said, I am the bread of life. If any man eat me, he shall live forever. And I will give, verse 51, in my flesh, which I will give for the life, for the zoe of the world. 
The Jews, you know, the religious rulers, they could not comprehend what he was trying to say to them. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no zoe and no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood and hath, e hath eternal zoe, and I will raise him up at the last day. Hath eternal zoe. In other words, eternally we're going to have that life of God in our spirit, man. Amen. And that's the life that we live by. John chapter 1 verse 4 it says, In him was life, zoe, and the, and the zoe was the fos of man. The false is the word light, comprehension and understanding. That life in your spirit is what gives you light to understand and see and comprehend. But if you're not following after the spirit, if you're not following after his word, then you have no life in you. If you don't eat his flesh, his word, if you don't take it in and drink his life in you, you have no zoe. You won't have life. You see, you won't be able to comprehend and understand what he's trying to say and do in your life much less the lives of those that are around you, much less, you know, the world and all that they have need of in concerning God, you see. And then so, again, and the living, as the, as the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. That is, that, this is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat and are dead, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. In other words, you're going to be able to live. You're going to have wisdom. You're going to have understanding. You're going to have knowledge because you have Christ. You understand? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Amen? Whew, man. So, he said all these things. And then in 63, he says, It is the spirit that quickeneth. In other words... He was saying to them, if, you don't, if you're not seeing this by your spirit, then you ain't going to get it. You're going to think I'm talking about cut off my arm and eat it, you see? You're going to think I want you to eat my, drink my blood as I, get, as I pour it out for you in a cup naturally. You're not going to get it. And see, that's the problem that the body of Christ has today because they don't see it by the spirit. They, they, they want to naturalize everything. And obviously the, the soul, that's the first thing he wants to do is bring everything into the natural. But that's, not, that's, that, that's, that's the wrong choice. All right. So, so again, God is emphasizing that spirit, man, in this hour. And it's important that we follow after the spirit, walk after the spirit, live after the spirit. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory provoking one another and envying one another. And that's so, so, so very important. So here we go. We're gonna we're gonna get into our our, our, our text now, our outline. You know what? I didn't post the outline. I sure should post it real quick. Let me do that for y'all. Every one of these outlines are available. They're all free. All these videos are on YouTube and and, and Facebook. Amen. Hang on a second. Let me just post this up for you real quick. I'm going to give you the link here in a minute. If I can get to it. Somebody got a more behind us. Alright. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, man, that's not very nice. Well, I hope you all can hear me okay. You've got somebody moving over here. Hopefully it goes away pretty quick. I'm going to post uh, the link to this outline that we're getting ready to cover. Alright, here we go. There it is. All right, so um, let's start up with the outline here. This is called uh, the baptism into repentance. Okay, so there was seven baptisms that the Bible shows us clearly. And uh, they, are, they are the baptism into repentance, 
the baptism into water, the baptism into the Holy Ghost, the baptism into the cloud, the baptism into his suffering, the baptism into his body, and the baptism into fire. Okay? Seven of them. And right now we're going to discuss um, baptism into repentance. So, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. So he makes two distinctions there, sorrow of the world and then godly sorrow. And so this word uh, repentance is the Greek word metanoia, and it means a reversal of change to change one's mind. It comes from two Greek words. Uh, and, and, and but again, part of the definition is to think differently or afterwards to reconsider. Meta, which means denoting accompaniment, is one of the words. And then noe is to exercise the mind, to observe, to comprehend, to heed, to perceive, to understand. So metanoia is a reversal of decision to think differently or afterwards to reconsider. That's the godly sorrow, okay? And the other, other type of sorrow or repentance the sorrow of the world, again, this verse makes those two distinctions. So, in, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 13, another reference to where this word is used, and it's apropos because we're talking about the baptism into repentance. Alright? But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not called to I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. All right? Hey, Sean, how are you doing, sir? Sean Wagner. All right, so I am I, not called, I am not come, it says here. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Okay? So... The word repentance is the word, the Greek word metanoia. To change the change of mind as it appears to one who repents of a purpose he has formed or of something he has done. So when you repent, you know, uh, you're turning obviously, and you're changing your mind about a direction you were going in, and uh, and and obviously you're going away from God. In other words, you're not being led of your spirit. You're led led by yourself. You understand? You led yourself that way as you were tempted. All right. Now, the other the other uh, repentance or the other distinction that it makes is the sorrow of the world, and and the word for uh, repent. The other word there's two words for repentance: metanoia and metamolomai. The second word metamolomai means to care afterwards to regret because of consequences, and it comes from two uh, Greek words: meta again denoting accompaniment. And then mellow, which means to be of interest, to, to concern. It matters for it matters for oneself. So, an example of this is uh, Matthew 27, 3 and 4. All right. And we're making a distinction here because we need to understand the baptism into repentance. Uh, Matthew chapter 27, 3 and 4. Hello, Dave. Dave. Kostecki. All right, Matthew, Matthew 27. <clears throat> Here we go. Then Judas, verse 3, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. It means to care afterwards, that is to regret. He regretted it. He regretted the decision that he made to betray Jesus. And brought again thirty pieces of silver to the chief elders, saying, I have sinned, and that I betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that thou to us? See thou to that. Alright. And that's one example there of, of that word means to regret because you got caught. And you know, today, even our children, when they get caught, that's when and they know there's gonna be a consequence coming, that's when they start telling you, Papa, Papa, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're, you know, that's when they start regretting. See, they're turning because they got caught. If nobody had caught them, they wouldn't have turned. Understand? So, 
Well, what I'm saying there is that is that that's the other word for repentance. Okay. Now, uh, Matthew three eight. Let's take a look at that. As as John said here, bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance, meet for metanoia, meet because you changed your mind, you made a decision to turn, okay, and bring forth therefore fruit. In other words, let's see some results of the attitude and the change in your heart. Amen. So that was in Matthew three eight. Now, again, the Greek word for the word repentance there is the word metanoia. So, and, and like I said, you changed your mind. Scott Fraser, hallelujah, good morning, sir. You changed your mind. You turned. All right. Now, uh, the sorrow of the world will not bring forth fruits for, for repentance. When, you're, when you get caught, you're not bringing forth fruit because you turn on you, you're sorry, you see. I'm sorry, Lord. I sinned against you. You, 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 went against, you went against the Word. You made a decision outside of God. You made a choice. You weren't obedient. And by the way, to be obedient is to die to yourself. In other words, when you obey the Word of God, you're making God's choice. You're, you're following after the Lord, not following after yourself. So we, obedience, when you look at the very core of that, it means I'm dying to what my choice is. All right. <clears throat> You know, I'm obeying God's choice. So, uh, the sorrow, like I said, when you're when you're when you're repent after the world, which is because you got caught, you don't bring forth meat for repentance fruit. You're you're bringing forth results. You're changing because you got caught, not changing because you're sorry. And that's the distinction. Now, uh, I want to read First Corinthians chapter three, verse one. Make a distinction between the carnal man and the spiritual man. And our brethren could not speak unto you as pneumatical, spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. And that's where I'll stop right there, babes in Christ. So a babe is an apios here, which means no speech. There's five different Greek words for, for spirit, to speak of spiritual maturity. Napios, parion, technon, weos, pater. Napios, no speech, parion is party stage, technon is a teenager. Weos is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the weos of God, the fully mature son. And pater is father. In other words, you're, you're, you're able to bring, bring up sons after the father. All right, so, <clears throat> but this word is napias. So when you're carnal, you're napias. Napias, <coughs> no, and it's expected because you just got born again, you see. And it's expected. You don't know the word. You don't know how to check and balance your life against the word. You've got to get counseling all the time. You're always getting direction, getting taught, which we always should all be taught, but you understand my point there. And so the spiritual versus the carnal. So the sorrow, the sorrow of the world will bring forth metamaloma, sorry because of regret. Okay, the carnal versus the spiritual again. So 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16, let's take a look at that. This is very enlightening. And you got to see that first chapter 3, 1 Corinthians 3, well, 2, chapter 2 is starting with verse uh nine led into that that statement in chapter three verse one so this is second first corinthians 2 9 but as it is written i has not seen nor ear heard neither has entered into the heart of man the things which god prepared for them that love him but god hath revealed to them to us by his spirit where does he reveal it in your spirit amen so God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. You can only search and compare and see things in the Spirit after the Spirit. You can't see. If you're walking in carnality, you can't see after the Spirit. If you could, you would see how your Spirit is trying to direct you back to God. But thank God we have brothers and sisters that are able to bring us in, in, in obedience to the Word by bringing correction by the Word. But God hath revealed them to us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now, we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You're going to know what's freely given to you of God by the Spirit which is in your spirit. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, 
but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual with spiritual. But the natural man, the natural, their Greek word is sukiko, suke, soul, receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You can't even see after the Spirit, understand after the Spirit, if you're walking after the natural course, the natural man, the first choice, you see, which is always you. But he that is spiritual, pneumaticos, judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For no man can, for who had known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. In the Spirit, you can see what the Lord is doing. You can have the mind of Christ after the Spirit not after your soul. Okay, so I said all that to say that the natural, he doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. So when you're in worldly repentance because you got caught, you're sorry, you can't see the things of God. But when you're the sorrow of God, you see, you can see after the Lord. Alright? And that's godly sorrow. So godly sorrow versus the sorrow of the world. And this is important because the, the fruit and the type of repentance that he told them to bring forth was metanoia. Bring forth fruit because you're sorry, because you're changing because of what you're hearing, the word. And so, and, and, and again, the natural man, he receives not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him. They're spiritually discerned, not carnal discerned, carnally discerned. You understand? So, Spiritual, the Greek word spiritual is the word pneumaticos, pneuma. Spiritual speak, not in the words of man's wisdom. When a man is speaking after the Spirit, it's not, it's not a man's wisdom. So you're, gonna, you're not going to hear it. Hey, Wilbur, Brat, Bratley, Ma, I'm sorry, McBratley, McBratley. So when you're walking after your soul, you can't see or hear or understand or comprehend after your spirit. All right? And so, uh, and in your spirit, the Holy Ghost teacheth. Jose Torado. Amen, Jose. In your spirit, okay, again, as it says here, the, comparing spiritual to spiritual. In other words, in your spirit is where you compare and see in size and measure spiritual to spiritual. Spiritual to spiritual. Not only that, spiritual to spiritual with your brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. That reminds me of a scripture here that the Lord has been quickening me on this week. Is that... Is that uh, does it go? Well, it'll come to me, glory to God. If the Holy Ghost taught it to me, it's going to come to me, amen. Uh, you're comparing spiritual to spiritual. He receives the things of the Spirit of God. The spiritual man receives the things of the spiritual God. Man, spiritual, the things of God. If you're sitting there and you're, and you're not hearing, you're not understanding, hey, Kelly, oh my God. Kelly's my sister-in-law. Uh, if you're not seeing, if you if you cannot understand and comprehend after the Spirit, then you're not going to see it after the Spirit. If you're hearing it with your carnal ears, you know, you can't understand after the Spirit. That's the point we're trying to make here. So, uh, and in the Spirit, you judge matters. You, you, you spiritually discern and understand and comprehend after the Spirit. You can see and judge righteously and, uh, and comprehend righteously. And, and, and the spiritual man, he knows the mind of the Lord. And that mind of the Lord instructs him in the Spirit. Amen. It brings him direction and understanding after the Spirit. God is the Spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. And, and another thing about, about the spiritual man, he can be instructed after the Spirit. You see? And that's the whole goal, is that to constantly be hearing by the Lord. As he says in Isaiah, Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine, but those that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast? If you're always needing that milk, that milk all the time, you're always needing to be corrected, corrected, trained, 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 over and over and over over the same matters, then you're not going to be able to grow up from there. God wants to grow up and mature. Glory to glory, faith to faith, 30, 60, 100. The good, the acceptable, the perfect that we might know the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So, and again, all that that I just read in Second First Corinthians 2 led up to chapter 3, Corinthians 1, which he says, And I, brethren, when I could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. You see, you're babes. 
You're not able to see it and comprehend it because you're still carnal. Acts chapter 19, we're talking about John's baptism, 1 through 6. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 6. <clears throat> and it came to pass while Apollos, verse 1, <clears throat> was at Corinth. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. So these guys were disciplined. They were walking after the Lord. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. Twelve brothers, amen. So three baptisms that it talks about there, they talk about John's baptism, and then he baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus, baptism water, and then when he lays his hands on them, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And that's really precious because, you know, John the Baptist, he was the preparer of the way. He's the one that got the heart ready to receive God, to receive Jesus. This was before Jesus died on the cross, all right? And that's important to understand because there's there's organizations out there that believe that if you're not baptized in water before you're born again, you in other words, if you're not baptized in water, you can't even get born again. And I talked to one of those guys on the phone one time. And, uh, and man, I said, man, I got to stay away from this place. <clears throat> this is, okay, let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, verse 3. And this is Isaiah. He prophesied and talked about John the Baptist hundreds and hundreds of years before. It says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So he turned the hearts, amen. He turned and got the heart ready to receive the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And after John prepared their hearts, Jesus was in the earth preaching that word three and a half years, plowing that word and getting that word into their hearts. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 16. <clears throat> Start with verse 16 here. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. You see? And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. All this was to get our hearts ready to, from, to receive from the Father. The way to get to the Father was through Christ. The Holy Ghost would quicken us and show us what Jesus had taught us in our spirits. Amen. And John the Baptist was very instrumental in that. And that, 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 that ministry of turning the hearts to the Father is still in the earth today. And for those of you that are out there that are struggling in your mind struggling and always you know seems like nothing's working out properly concerning the Lord is because you're following after yourself and and the call is, is for us to repent and, and turn to God turn from and unto Acts chapter 26 verse 18 To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan, the authority of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That's precious, man. A lot going on there, but to turn, uh, turn them from the, the power and authority of darkness unto God. Amen. And that's what the John the Baptist's ministry, you know, that's what we do is we turn from the authority of Satan <clears throat> and we turn back to the Lord. Again, not for my glory, not for the glory of man, but for the glory of God. Amen. The plowman, Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3. So not among thorns, as it says. What happens if you sow seed in the thorns? 
where the gravel's not, the soil's not pro correct, properly fitted. That seed's going to get eaten up, it's going to burn away, it's not going to have any roots. And, <clears throat> and that's the whole point <clears throat> of a heart staying tender and pliable and receiving this word with meekness, this engrafted word which is able to save your soul. You've got to be soft and pliable if you can't get that word in your heart and correct you and bring you back to life. For thus said the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. Ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burning, that none can quench because of the evil of your doings. You see, the, the, the heart has to be turned over, man. It's got to be plowed up. If you're hard and callous, you're not going to receive from the Lord. And John the Baptist's ministry was is, is still in effect today of get, keeping our hearts soft before God. 2 Corinthians 7, 10 through 11, back to, back to the, the godly sorrow and the worldly sorrow. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. And that's what I want, repentance to salvation, not that sorrow of the world which worketh death. I don't want to be following after myself. And I don't want to be walking into the wall and tripping, etc., etc. I want to walk up to the Spirit and I want to see clearly. Verse 11, For behold, this same thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sword, what a carefulness it wrought in you. You see, when you turn to the Lord because you're sorry, because you're, you, 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 you repent, metanoia, what a carefulness it hath wrought in you. Yea, what a clearing of yourselves. Yea, what indignation. Yea, what fear. Yea, what vehement desire. Yea, what zeal. Yea, what revenge. In all those things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. See, you walk with peace. You walk with life. You walk with joy. Amen. You're no longer fumbling that football, if you will, man. You're walking strong in the Lord. Amen. You're clear-minded. You're very decisive. Your decisions are, are point, are spot on. You see, because you, you know how to follow after the Lord. You know how to hear after the Lord. Let's go to John chapter 3, verse 1. 1 through 6. <clears throat> there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the rule of God, unless you're born again, you're not going to see that rule in your heart. You can't see that dominion, you can't see that that you can't see the authority of God, you can't see the principles of God, you can't walk after the Lord, because you're not walking after your spirit. You must be born again. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, verse 5, Hello, Mr. Glover. Nolan Glover. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You know, why did, God, why did Jesus place such a value on this? You see, what, what, what was the point of him bringing this out? Well, because he was trying to teach you that without your Spirit directing and guiding your life and being led of the Spirit, then you're going to be carnal. You're going to be walking after the world. So you can't, you've got to be born of the water natural birth when I was born 51 years ago and then spiritual birth when I was 20. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, must be born again. Verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, and another scratching his head, and saying, Nicodemus answered and said, How can these things be? So you must be born again or you won't be able to see it. And you must be born of the water of the Spirit. You cannot enter 
into the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 2.14, back to that verse. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Nicodemus was a natural man at this time. He could not see, he could not comprehend, he could not understand because he was trying to see it after the wisdom of the world. You see? And, and that's so it is today with our lives. If we're trying to see it after that carnal man, we're not going to get it. If we've got to bring forth fruit, meat for repentance, there's got to be an attitude that shows that we've made a change in our hearts and lives back unto the Lord. The word uh, discern right there in 1 Corinthians 2.14 is the Greek word anakarino. And it means to investigate, to examine, to inquire into, to scrutinize, to sift, and to question. You won't be able to see things after the Spirit. You won't be able to scrutinize after the Spirit, investigate, interrogate. You can't be determined after the Spirit because you're walking after yourself, the natural man. And so it, it's clear to understand that God is emphasizing the Spirit man's got to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Amen. Hey, Christopher. You see, this spiritual man that walks after the Lord, this is the man that where the premium is. This is where the value is. This is where the strength is. Because Richard Hill, as it says in the scriptures, says that, see, the hard times are going to come. It's, it's, it's inevitable because uh, the scripture says that he learned obedience by the things which he suffered, the things that he was tested with. So they're going to come, you understand? And if that rock, if that foundation is not a solid foundation, but it's a foundation of wind, something soft and not, not hard, you understand? Then when the pressure comes and the floods comes and, and the rains come, that house is going to fall. And the house is you. You're going to keep tripping up because you're not seeing after the Lord. And that's the emphasis. Is God is teaching us is that we must live after our spirit, man. For as many... Romans chapter 8, verse 14. As are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the weas of God. These are the ones walking after the Spirit. And incidentally, that whole Romans chapter 8 is all talking about walking after the Spirit. If you're walking after the carnal, you can't walk after the Spirit. And it's very clear as it, as it, as it listed, listed out there. Even, even the scripture that, we, that, I, that I pray all the time is that likewise... The Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us, for you, your spirit, with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts, he that's comparing spiritual with spiritual, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit that he may know the mind of the Lord because he's searching after the Spirit. Again, 1 Corinthians 2. So he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. We make intercession for the saints according to the will of God after our spirits. A strong spirit that's able to hear after the Lord and be quickened after the Word. Quicken us, O God, according to your Word, for your Word is truth. Quicken us in our spirits. Give us Understanding, comprehension, understanding about our brothers and sisters that we might pray the will of God for their lives. And all of us in turn praying one for another. Amen. Mm, that reminds me of that scripture I was trying to think of earlier. Excuse me. Oh God worketh in us. The power of God worketh in us. How's that verse go? The power. Hang on. According to the power, there it is. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power of the dunamis, is the Greek word there, which is explosiveness, power, that work of the, that is energized in us. According to the dunamis that works in us, collectively, joint to his joint, bone to his bone, distributing 
receiving, you see, according to the power that works in us. God is trying to bring us to a place that where we're unit after the Lord. As it was prophesied a few weeks ago, we're, all, we're walking in a cadence. We're walking in unison. We're walking in uniformity. God needs us in the earth. God needs us because we're the agents of God. We're the ones reconciling the world unto God. You see, reconciling our brothers and sisters when we get out of order. And if we're living after ourselves, we're not going to want to die to ourselves and therefore do the will of God in the earth and be obedient, which again is dying to yourself. Amen. Well, it's 10.01 now. I think that's a good place to stop at. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for all the brothers and sisters that are partook of you, Jesus, this day. If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. But Lord God, I pray that they would eat your flesh and drink your blood and take all of you into their hearts and lives, in every facet, in every situation in their hearts and lives. I thank you, Father God, that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, the dunamis that worketh, energizes in us. Quicken us, O God, according to your word, for your word is truth. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to be before you and before your people, Father. I bless you for your goodness and mercy, Father. We thank you for your kindness and your mercy, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that you are the faithful God, which keeps covenant and shows mercy to those who love you unto a thousand generations but will by no means clear the guilty, but will visit the sins of the fathers under the third and fourth generation. I thank you, Lord God, that you are the faithful God, which keeps covenant and shows mercy to those who love you, Father. For you are not a man that you should lie, neither the son of man that you should repent. For have you said, and shall you not do it? And have you spoken, and shall you not make it good? I thank you, Lord God, for your graciousness. We bless you, we love you, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, how you... Are you bringing us an understanding, Father, to keep that spirit man strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? We bless you and we give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. You have a good day in the Lord, amen.